What's going on, grappling fans? Who's the first one that you heard of preparing mentally in the game? The first of these guys. All our matches have been pretty close. What's up, grappling fans? Good evening. I hope you're all having a wonderful Tuesday. We're back again with another episode of Who's Number One with two very special guests joining Michael now today. We have Roger Gracie and Braulio Estima calling us all the way from the UK. It's almost midnight there. How are you guys doing, man? It's the first time we've spoken to anybody uh, on that side of the pond. How are things over there for you guys? Uh, very quiet with, the, with all the quarantine, you yeah? I think like everywhere, you have to stay at home. You cannot mix with anyone. Every, everywhere is closed. My gym is closed. I haven't trained in like a month. I'm going crazy here. But, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Braulio? Yeah, things are, are pretty different. I think um, uh, it's a time to everyone to adapt. And um, I try to kind of uh, uh, re- uh, change my platforms of uh, of services. I Instead of teaching... Um, in a one-to-one, we, we change up to our platform online and try to still be connected somehow. And to be honest, I've been very busy with so many things to fit in on, on the because of all learning of the platform, uh, how to do it, how to connect the students, different classes. And when you do online, you have to be doing yourself. It's different when you teach, you just coach and tell what them to do. It's our spirit. I've been very active, man. I, I think I'm going to come out fitter than ever before this happens. <laughs> What do you What are you guys doing to stay in shape when you're not able to train jujitsu? You doing any workouts at home or anything? Maybe Hodge, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll be doing some workouts <laughs> at home. Yeah, yeah. We, no, I have some uh, very limited uh, weights and dumbbells, uh, like skipping ropes. That uh, it's been it's been working pretty well so far. I've been you know following the on a on my uh, platform online in the can because like brother said we had to change for uh, online classes you know have like yoga kickboxings some are conditioning but you know i try to to do a few of those and i think seeing a home you know it's difficult it's uh, of course nothing can compare to uh, you know training outside or going to the gym but uh so far i've been you know i'm getting away doing uh, things at home it's been uh, working pretty well and i'm not gonna get back, you know, completely out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bralio? What are you doing to stay busy over there? Well, um, I'm focusing to keep myself busy by uh, leading by example. You know, I'm trying to get a little bit off on the front line of my, of my academy and uh, trying to show them uh, that it's possible. You know, because I think, like, for example, me, Roger, when we are fighters, you know, I, I think we learn on our journey that the mentality of being able to get through any difficult times. I think we 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 build this resilience on, on our on our body, in our in our minds that there is always a way out for something. And um, but uh, for many of our students that are learning that, starting that is out there, they still don't have that resilience yet. So I chose to use myself as a as a leading example for them to kind of take back and be able to have that as a reference so they can get out. Because, man, I'm telling you, the people talk about a lot the, the, uh, the statistics of the 
what is going to go with the COVID-19 and stuff. But man, by the circumstances that we get into, the suicide, the depression, the other units that will come together with that, it can be very, uh, uh, very bad. So I try to give Brother, us, stop uh, lying. You stay help. on your couch all day long watching TV. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to fool him. <laughs> yeah. Who you trying to fool him? It's a good try. playing video games all day. I don't stop have all shit in us. Michael is just... Jazz. Michael Jazz, did you see how much he felt bad? I'm joking, bro. I'm joking. I saw you everything you're doing online. You're doing a great job. You know, teaching to you know a few times a day. I'm just joking. You guys are I both uh, running your opportunity. On- you guys are both running your online platform. Sorry, bro. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I said I want to take this opportunity as well to to encourage and motivate my best friend Roger too. That's that's a way out out there. That if you focus and you keep working, you can come back stronger than before. <laughs> Something I would like to uh, talk about with you guys, I think people would be interested in. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of the uh, athletes from your guys' generation, when they left Brazil, went to the United States. How did you guys end up uh, choosing to go to the UK? What was the path for uh, both of you to go to the UK? Maybe uh, Roger go first. So, uh, yeah, I can uh, reply that. So my father, he was in London, in uh, England, when I was a teenager. Yeah, he moved to England. He started teaching here. Yeah, first, he started in Birmingham, then in London. So he stayed here for a few years, and uh, but after a while he decided to go back to Brazil. And when he got when he decided to go back, I was still very young. I think I was uh, a purple belt, if I'm not mistaken, or blue or, or brown. Either purple or, or brown. I think brown belt when he moved back. And uh, you know, like I said, I was too young to suddenly move to England on myself and open my gym. You know, I was like in the middle of uh, training like crazy to be a competitor. You know, I needed to be in Brazil. And uh, But when I got my black belt, uh, it got an opportunity for me to open my gym here. Uh, so because when he moved back, we kept, you know, we were like sending someone uh, for, you know, for to stay a couple uh, months here teaching so we can uh, keep things uh, going, not to, you know, to die completely. We had like, some students. They've been training with my father for a while, and, you know, he didn't want to just let everyone, uh, you know, be on their own when he moved back. So we kept the school but it was inside a sports center. So we had someone there teaching uh, twice a day. We kept it for two years. But then when I got my black belt, you know, I saw, I was, uh, as I was getting my black belt, I, you know, I met, uh, I met a friend, you know, Steve, he, and then, you know, he helped me open my school in London. So... Funny, when when I was at the airport, yeah, moving in, I was like in and out a, a lot. But when I was like, okay, now I'm moving in permanently. And then I'm at the airport waiting to catch my plane. Braulio called me. Braulio say, you know, Braulio back then, we were like pretty close. But Braulio lived in Recife. You know, we were close because of like competitions. Every time he he was going to Rio to compete. Uh, we became friends. And then he, he ended up staying at my house many of the times. So we got uh, closer. So one and he knew my father lived in England. So you know, one day he's like, yeah, you know, he called me out of the blue, and uh, so uh, Roger, oh, how are you doing? And, you know, we start trying to say, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to England to London. I'm gonna go there. There's a friend of mine who lives there. Nothing about jujitsu. You know, I just wanna for experience. I wanna stay there like for a couple of weeks. And I was like, really? I'm at the airport going to London now. 
So and he was already, you know, he was already set. Everything was set, and he was going. So he, he, you know, he called me to tell me he's he actually was going. I say, boy, oh, that's amazing. I'm at the airport. I'll be there to, you know, I'll be there in twelve hours, in eleven hours. And then, you know, at the same time that I kind of moved, decided to move in to open my gym, Brolo came. And uh, so he came in, you know, to stand, you know, to stay just like a few weeks. And I was just opening my gym. So when he came in, there wasn't really like, you know, space for, for him to teach with me. I just opened my gym. I didn't have any really students. But, I, you know, and then he was like, you know, I'm just going to see what I can find. And I told him, I said, brother, that's this, you know, these uh, guys in Birmingham where my father used to live. They still run in a school. There's this guy that teaches. But, you know, he does as a hobby. He has his, you know, his main job. But he still teaches every night just out of passion because he likes to teach. And he kept uh, what my father started like a few years uh, back. And I say, bro, let me contact the guys. I'm, you know, I'm going to do a seminar there. Come with me and introduce you to them. And I, you know, maybe you can uh, teach that. So he came in. And then the guys really liked Braulio. And then they offered Braulio. I said, Braulio, you know, stay here from Monday to Friday teaching. You know, we have classes every day. So Braulio stayed there for a few weeks. Monday to Friday he was in Birmingham teaching. And then Friday he used to come to London to hang out with me, you know, we were like two young guys, you know, like 20, 21, and, you know, we just want to go out and have fun. So Braulio was, you know, from Friday to Sunday or Monday, he was in London, and then from Monday to uh, Friday, he was in Birmingham teaching. But, you know, but the guys, they really love Braulio, and then they offer him like, a, you know, a permanent uh, job, you know, stay here, we help you with everything you, you, you need, you, you know, we would love to have you, and then I think that was how Braulio, uh, you know, in each, you know, he moved to, 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 to Birmingham. And funny, it was at the same time that I was moving to London and opening my gym, and, uh, which was a great thing, you know. It played out that, you know, we, even though that we were like two hours away, we were out together every week, you know, training. You know, we were like trying our own things with our students, and then when we get together, like, you know, we, we push each other, we try new things, see what works, what it doesn't, always like studying new things. But like for years, it was just me and brother. It was like no one else. You know, but, you know, brother was the same. We had, like, bluebells to train. You know, I remember, five, you know, training for the world in 2004. I had one purple belt, and that was it. Wow, <laughs> man. Wow. Yeah, you know, like, one purple belt, like, three blue belts in Braulio. You know, and else, you know, like, all my students are, like, fully beginners. And, I'm, you know, I'm, we we're both getting ready for, you know, 2004, the world, in 2005. Every year was the same, you know. It's like, okay, 2005, I had maybe... You know, the purple belt got brown, and I had, like, two, three more blue belts. <laughs> but, you know, that was it. You know, I think 2004, we both went to Brazil for, I think I, I went to Brazil four or five weeks before. So I was still able to, to, to get a good training with the people in Brazil. But uh, I think from 2005 onwards, I, you know, I got there in, like, for two weeks, like, three max. I did my whole training, whole preparation, everything in, in London. And, uh, you know, me and Brawley, we were like, once a week I used to drive to Birmingham to train, and then once a week he used to drive to London. And that's how we uh, you were getting ready for our fights, you know. So, uh, I mean, you're talking about back in the prime of your career, like 2005 when you went ADCC, it was basically you guys and a bunch of beginners uh, in England. That's, that's amazing. Uh I want to yeah. hear you, because since you guys probably spent so much time training with each other, I want to hear your guys uh, – just description of the other person as a training partner. What it was like rolling mm. with him and everything. Bralo, you want to go first and describe what it was like uh, training with Hodger back then? Yeah, I mean, like, man, uh, Roger was talking, you know, 
uh, right now just brings a, a nice movie uh, on my mind. It's so it's so crazy. I think uh, man, everything happens for a reason. I remember the day that I called him and he, and I had no clue. He, we haven't spoken for months, and then I, I called him. He was man, I'm just going there. It's just crazy, huh? And um, yes, I was a brown belt when I got there. And uh, uh, Roger, I think he just got his black belt or something. Oh, if not, he's still brown belt. I don't remember exactly. I know. Uh, I was still brown. Roger, I think I, I was still brown. I was still brown. You're still brown. I remember. So, man, I want to tell you a story that Roger will remember that, which describes a lot. Not that story, brother. Not that one, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that describes a lot what the uh, the resilience, the, the 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 way of training that I that we we me and Roger, you know, like we always clicked since the beginning, since blue belt, because I have a very different game. And 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 uh, it was a game that Rogers he likes challenges and he likes to 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 um, view something that he's not sure. And now how I used to play different, he always got very uh, like in, intrigued, and it, we, that's why we ended up training a lot. And he always loved challenge, never choose the the easy uh, train. And and then the same as me, I've always liked to train at the hardest one. And then one thing. Uh, one day he got, well, we were in London one of those days and we came back and then we went to train just him just me and him nobody else it was a Saturday and then he goes okay let's do some rowing and the end of the, the, the rows he goes okay bro come on uh, put me in the triangle I said oh, okay with the triangle okay let's go <laughs> my best position <laughs> alright Gracie come here <laughs> and then I put him on the triangle and I start like you know 80%, you know, I didn't want to go heavy, and then I, he didn't tap, I said, okay, 90%, and okay, not tap, and he escaped. Knowing myself, I already knew oh, I have to go and do the same, because I, I, I want to do the same, I want to experience the same, I want to learn the same. I said, go on, and he escaped, now it's my turn, and then he put the triangle on, and full on, bam, 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 boom, I escaped. And then I was like, Damn, yeah, man. That's it. I like it. I like it. And then he goes to me, brother, one more. I said, flip the back, bro. I already was, I was like so frustrated when he said another one because I knew it that I was going to ask as well for the other one. <laughs> and then he goes, flip the back. Okay, so next, this time, I'm going to go 100%. So there is no other chance. I go one more time and that's it. I'll tap him. He taps me. And that's it. We're over. Let's go home. Right? And then, man, I put everything, everything, man. And these guys snoring, snoring, snoring. The eyes came up to here, came back, came up to here, came back. <laughs> he escaped. I said, God damn it. I look at him, you know, huh? Now he got, I'm going to have to squeeze me. Dude, the same thing. He squashed, pulled the head. Man, that was when I first time I got my my first um, ear, cauliflower ear popped. Was that day. I escaped. <laughs> And then we we hit I hit one side, he hit the other side. We're tired. I'm tired of holding, he's tired of squeezing it all out. And then we look at each other. Let's go home. And let's not do this ever again, please. <laughs> we had we had guys, kids at home. Don't do it at home, okay? Don't do it. And um I, we had like a eye um like blood in eye, both of us had blood oh, in the eyes. The bloodshot, you know. So uh, it's it, like the things like that that always called my attention was how amazing uh, uh, Roger was trying to discover and put in practice, do a lot of specifics. And uh, I learned, 
man, my he was my biggest influence in in, in my in my career, in my judicial. I learned a lot the way that I pressure passed, the way that my guard became better. You know, was because we kind of complemented each other very well. Um, the I think he's um uh, one of the like he's the best in the world for me in many reasons. And one of the guys that with his structure, his sizes, his size, and he he's a, a unique person who can understand his body so well that is is incredible and it's, it makes sense why he is so good Roger what were some of the uh, ideas that Brio gave you about Jiu Jitsu or some of the, the training sessions that really made you sit back and think wow that was that was intense or that was that was great for me does anything pop up for you uh, we had many it was uh, you know very interesting Brio mentioned the, you know the triangle training we had and, uh, you know, we had very similar trainings like that, you know, because Brody and I, because we were moving like, you know, we lived in, uh, away from each other and we kind of, you know, never too close. Like only when there's like a big competition that we used to see each other more. But if there's no competition, you know, I'm busy, Brody was busy. So we didn't, uh, we never got together much. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, the, there was just a one specific way that we described and, uh, you know, every time we get together, it was like, you know, we're really pushing, like everything that we've been practicing with our students, that they were like much lower level than us. And then suddenly, you know, we, we were training, we just like go out of each other, you know, we go off. So, we you know, we practice in everything we be in uh, training. So a lot of the situations, you know, tough, tough positions to be, the only person at that time that really, really can put you in danger, you know, let's say if someone's on your back, you know, if I have a student of mine, like, you know, purple, regardless of what belt is, you know, he's in my back, I'm not, I don't feel in danger, you know, I, unless I give him an opening to make me feel in danger, that danger will not come, you know, but with Brawler, you know, we used to put ourselves in situations that, you know, he, you know, I have a, a good level, he had a good level, anywhere, in a dangerous situation, you'll be in trouble. You know, if Brawler's in my back, I have to be very careful. I cannot be relaxed thinking I'm going to get out. You know, if I make a mistake, I tap. And I uh, think, you know, that by being away and training with lower uh, level people, and every time we are together, we always used to train hard and always put ourselves in situations that was like tough. You know, only him will, will, will uh, put me in, uh, in trouble if I don't do the right move. And, you know, when, when he's saying about the, you know, the triangle training, I mean, you know, he got a, a, a butterfly, you know, both of us got, you know, got out of bed with a blood on your eyes for a few days. <laughs> but, but that helped me, you know, I, you know, I, like many times in my fights, I, I land in the triangle fully on, like <clears throat> you cannot breathe. I mean, that's terrible in a fight. How many times you see people tapping, but I've been there. I've been in that position snoring, I cannot breathe, my brain doesn't work much. I got out. I'm never tapping the triangle in a, in a single fight, and I remember a few, few times. I remember fighting uh, Shande in uh, ADCC 2005. He put me in a triangle lock. I remember snoring, you know, I, can't, I couldn't breathe. You know, the triangle was fully on. I'm like, you know, it's keeping you calm and you know, trying to escape. I'm like, you know, I did the move, the exact move that I did when I trained with Brawler. You know, that move that worked with him. That's why, 
you know, when brother came in, I said, brother, no, brother, let's, let's practice the triangle. I knew that's brother's strongest attack. You know, his legs was his, uh, his the most uh, dangerous thing he, he always had, you know, he had very powerful legs. Triangle was his killer moves. You know, you saw, you know, a few of you, you can see many of his fights, you know, the submission that he taps people with the most is triangle. So when he came in, I was like, Brother, let's train. I didn't care if he tapped me, you know, getting out or tapping, it's, it's, that's not a problem. You know, if I tap, I was just going to need to practice more. It doesn't matter. You know, that's why we're practicing. We're not fighting. I'm not going to lose anything by tapping. So Brawler put me on. I didn't care if he tapped me or not. You know, I didn't want to tap, and I'm, I wasn't going to tap to the end. And, you know, the same thing, you know, the Brawler reverse. I remember, I remember yes, the under I mean, He tried. Tried. He tried 100%. <laughs> and then I tried to tap him 100%. He escaped, you know. Uh, so uh, you know, those, those, doing those sort of things, you know, you helped me a lot, and I'm pretty sure you helped Brawler the same. When we had Marcelo and Bernardo on here the other day, uh, Bernardo was saying that whenever he did good against Marcelo, Marcelo wouldn't let him go away. He had to do a second round with him. Was there anything like that? Any, <laughs> any, any, any funny things like that going on in the training? Uh, you go first. Uh, no, really. I remember once, one time, we were both blue belts. I think blue or purple. I think blue. And we trained at Gracie Bar in Rio. Braulio came in. I barely knew Braulio. He came in to, you know, like a few days or a week before or two weeks. I don't remember to train for the for a big competition. Probably probably the words. I don't remember for which time it was. And I'm training with him and then suddenly boom he catched me the triangle. I'm like you bastard. <laughs> you know, when I'm like, you know, I'm I wasn't going I mean I was training I was focused, focused, but I wasn't like competition mode, like 100%. And then he got me in the triangle. I got so pissed off, so pissed <laughs> off. And I'm like, okay, now it's full on mode. And I'm like pushing the pace, you know, and I really push. And, you know, the tra- training was good. But I think, I, you know, when I, when I, you know, you asking me when I remember things like that, I know that clearly comes in, uh, in my mind. But, you know, we train uh, so many times because, when, you know, when he used to come in and train together, it's never once. You know, we train, you know, we spar a few times because, you know, we're never together. So that opportunity that we have now to train, it was, you know, we used to train for like an hour, two hours, just us. So it was never that like one training session that, you know, he got me or I got him and then, okay, let's go again because I'm pissed off you got me. We would always train a few times. Yeah, you know, that few, that few rounds, it was like regular, normal. So regardless of what happened in the round, you, you know, we, you, you came all the way from Birmingham or, you know, I, you know, I came all the way from London, you know, that the, the, yeah, the I mean, session was on. What I think, like, as well, um, the way the relationship that I have with, with Roger is, is, is a lot. We are, we respect each other a lot in and out of the mats and, and, um, the mindset of us training is not to beat each other because it was an ego problem. We never had ego, you know. The training that we had was to improve ourselves as much as we can, to take as much as possible information so we can go back home and repractice on our own and carry on what's working and what's not working, you know. So every feel that I train, I was always excited when I used to go and train with Roger because the mindset 
wasn't, I never aimed in my life, not even for one second, to be better than Roger, ever, you know? Everything that I aimed was to be better than myself every time that I could kind of train with him and learn from him. And then he used to share everything that he knew that he asked, and I used to do the same. So I think we had very two very important traits that made us bounce off each other because we appreciated each other all the time and we gave back to each other all the time. And this, I think, was a very good bond that we created in a respectful way, in a very playful way, to the point, man, like, uh, everything, there was no, like, uh, it, it, it is a game, not, uh, it wasn't competitive between us, you know? You guys were uh, training partners for a really long time, juvenile blue belts and things like that. But I just, just kind of remembered. Did you both win your first world titles in two thousand four as black belts? And if that's true, how did it feel to, to share that same success? To look over and see your longtime training partner also hit that that milestone together, Brawly. What was that like to to win yourself and also see your friend do the same thing? Man, to be honest, that the year uh, Roger won for me really. You know, because um, he fought uh, Jacare and he broke Jacare's arm, and and Jacare couldn't fight on the on the final. So I won because Jacare couldn't fight. Um, but uh, you know, but he winning, uh, I felt that we kind of uh, we we were in in a position. I was really proud of myself because for me, I was just a mere person from from Recife. A my guy, you know, from outside of everyone else. And uh, I managed to come here, you know, thanks to Roger, you know, and we bounced with each other. And we, we came from the blue belts, blah, blah, blah. And then Roger was already in a big, much bigger level than me and the, blue, and the black belt by the time that we, we reached. And then he got the black belt before me, I guess, one year before. And then uh, uh, when I th- – was it or not, Roger? I got 2003. You, you, you black, yeah, I, I got black belt in 2004 in January. So he fought first already uh, at 2005 as a black... Uh, uh, no, 2003 he fought as black belt. I fought as yeah. brown belt. So then in 2004, he fought as a black belt again and he won. Uh, the, the uh, 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 He lost by the, my mistake of because of the, the arm of the, uh, with Jack Herrera, right? And he won the weight division. And then I won my weight division because Jack Red couldn't fight. So the feeling, man, was like, man, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. We are on the right path. Um, I was very proud of him and and being very proud of being part of, of, of his journey. And then for me, on that moment, it was only the beginning for me. You know, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about, oh, man, I'm a world champion because I wanted to fight Jack Red. <laughs> you know, that's my, my main thing. But... That was my feeling at the time. I was my, I was happier for him than, than actually for myself. So that brings me to uh, something that you know everybody I'm sure always wants to talk about with uh, with Hodger. Actually, we had uh, Lucas Lepre on the other day, and we we let him uh, come up with a question for you guys, and he wanted to ask about the Jacare armlock from that 2004 uh, open class. So uh, Lucas's uh, question for you, Hodger, he said, "What were you, what went through your mind when that happened?" He was he wanted to know like, did you hear it break? Did you let go because you thought it was broken? What 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 were you thinking when that happened? Uh I mean, I think when I straight his arm and, you know, like I really fell it on, you don't really have time to think. But I knew I'm like, I'm going to, you know, there's no way out. 
that this amlak is on, you know. So of course he's, he's only he's, he only stopped when he taps. But the moment that I straight his arm, I, you know, is almost is almost the feeling that I got it. And he just need to tap, you know. So uh, I do feel popping many times. Uh, I'll say quite a few times. I felt I I don't. I can't say I felt the arm breaking because I didn't feel the bones breaking, but uh, it popped, if I'll guess, about eight times mm-hmm. till eight. he escaped. I did not, it, it popped many times. Uh, it, you know, it popped like once, two or three times. And then on the fight, there's one time that he stepped over my body and then he kind of faced down and my weight goes behind the elbow. And then he popped like, pop, 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 pop. Like, I don't know, four times or something like that. I'll say pop between six, six and eight times. So I did feel it popping. I did uh, feel popping. But uh, <laughs> I didn't feel like breaking or anything like that. But he escaped. Yeah, you know, he was like shaking, shaking, shaking. And he got, he got loose. And uh, the arm, you know, the arm lock was gone. I did not let go. What did you think afterwards? Were you like, man, I can't believe this guy kept going? You know, uh, obviously... No, I mean when he uh, when he escaped, I kind of you know I went to the moment that he put his arm out. I kind of you know if you see the video, I kind of grabbing his legs and then he goes on his knees and I'm on his back. And uh, at that moment, oh, we land outside the, the the ring, but at that moment on, I'm I'm behind him. I mean I know he's hurt, his arm is hurt, and you know you can see the way he tried to put his arm out. You know his arm is kind of loose. So when I got his back, I'm like you know the, the fight's finished. It's uh, there's no way he's gonna he's gonna win. I'm 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 on top of him. He's on his knees, and you know he has a you know his arm is injured. But I, and then the referee uh, stopped the fight. You know we were outside the ring, and then he said, you know, go back to the the ring, same position. And then you know, <laughs> Jacare refused to go back to the same position. He looked at the referee and said, no, I will not. <laughs> and, uh, I gotta and, try uh, that next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he did, and you know, the referee insists, and he said, "Go down." And he looked at him, he even said, "Like shook, shook his finger." Said, "No, no, I'm not gonna go." But uh, I mean, <laughs> if you're going on his knees, I mean, it was finished. You know, he's underneath me on his knees with a, like an injured arm. Fight's over, and it's still, I think, a minute and fifty seconds to finish. But. Uh, but you know that was that was my main mistake. I agree. First, the referee ne- get, never gave me the, the points. You know, when he pulled his arm out, I grabbed his leg and I'm I'm his back. That's points for me. He forgot about that, which is understandable in that you know what everything was happening with the arm. He forgot it. And uh, but my main mistake was agreeing. You know, I told him, okay, let's go. I stood up. You know, I was on my knees, and then I stood up. I said, his arm, he's gone. You know, it's two minutes. I'm like, there's, he, there's nothing he can do against me with a, with a broken arm. I mean, it's like my mind, I'm like, it's what he's going to try to do. If he tried to take me down anything, he's finished. He cannot do anything. So I agreed to, you know, to stand up. I said, okay, let's go fight on. So and then the referee goes, he, you know, he didn't call the doctor. He just say, go. And then I go forward. You know, I need to grab him. I need to reach his gi. You know, let's let's fight. I'm gonna anything I do, he's he's finished. I grabbed him. You know, before I grabbed him, he just going back and he goes outside the ring. I, the referee says stop. We go back, and then he keeps doing that. You know, he does that a few times. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so he will not fight 
So I was just going to go keep going towards him. And because he's running away, the referee need to disqualify, give him point. I'm like, it's two minutes. He cannot do that to the end. So I've changed my strategy to try to, you know, to score, to do like any sort of points. And I just, as I was getting closer to him, he was just moving back, back, back to his outside the ring. And he did that for a while. He did that many times. So I say, okay, so that's my strategy. He cannot do that to the end of the fight. And then uh, I kept doing that. After a while, the referee uh, gave him a penalty. But, uh, you know, apart from that, he didn't do much. And then, like, you know, there was like 30 seconds, you know, 40 seconds to the fight. I'm like, shit. My strategy is not working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still fighting. He's not disqualified. I'm like, what's wrong? I mean, it's, he should be because yeah. he's just uh, running. I agree. So it, you know, the, yeah, no, it is. He should be disqualified. You know, he should be like, there's 10 things that should have happened. The referee never did anything. So I had to change my strategy for like 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, so he will not disqualify him. I knew 30 seconds to go. I have to do something. I have to because I will lose the fight. But he kept doing the same thing. You know, the referee gave him a penalty. So you have to fight. He kind of stopped moving around a little bit more, but he was still going out. You know, he wasn't engaging. I couldn't engage the, the fight. So by the time I realized that nothing would happen, I had to change my strategy like it was too late. You know? And then uh, the referee gave him uh, the victory. Barlio, so you were in the building there. Like you said, you were supposed to fight Jacare in the final. What memories do you have of that match? Man, uh... I was like a little bit in, in, in ecstasy and a little bit um, in shock as well with everything because I would never expect something like that, you know, like that this would happen. It was a, it was a big uh, intriguing feeling for me because I was happy. I also was a little bit frustrated because I wasn't going to fight and at the same time frustrated that Roger uh, lost the fight when I was clearly won. You know, I, I was. It was like very um, the the whole arena, man. Of fighting the, in the Tijuca Tennis Club is already a, an experience itself. And uh, when Roger used to go to the fights, you know, when the main fights, when I used to go to fight Shandy, you know, Jacare, the whole team goes down, and you know, the whole family, Roger's family, is there, and then everyone's screaming, like you know. And I was very kind of very hard to understand is that really real that's happening it's too many too many mixed feeling you know you see um a fight that is one of the most exciting fights of the whole tournament end up with a submission but at the same time somehow the guy come out with the victory with controversy man we should make a movie just about that preparation for that that world championship man. it's crazy Hey, Hamilo, Hamilo's in the uh, comments right now. He says that you you do double dipping, he says, Braulio. He says, he, <laughs> Hamilo says when he does good that you make him come back and, and spar with you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Homil. This is Homil. Homil is, Homil is the worst for that. Especially if you're training with him on his academy, is worse. Man, now, do you know who is the worst out of all of us that I ever met in my life, that I've never seen this in nowhere in the world? Felipe Pena. God yeah. damn it. How many said the same thing? <laughs> my goodness. My God. Listen, that I, I saw one day he trained with my brother. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, he was warming up. And then Victor did well in the beginning. My man, 
this fight after, supposed to be for 10 minutes. The alarm finished at 10 minutes. They still fight for another 40 minutes. Wow. 40, 50 minutes round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. my God. My brother couldn't move. <laughs> uh, a big size difference there. Yeah. <laughs> Something uh, I wanted to get into with you guys. It's, it's pretty interesting. We have two different people here who have done uh, double gold at ADCC. It's uh, such a such a great accomplishment. I wanted to talk about both of you guys with your run uh, for double gold. We'll start with Hodger's one. Hodger, yours in, tw- in 2005 is sort of legendary. Uh, you're the only person to ever get double gold with all submissions. I mean, you uh, you tapped some big names on that uh, road. Who You, you tapped... Fabricio Verdum, Zhangji two times, Jacare. You went back and got revenge on Jacare there. Just uh, talk to us a little bit about that uh, ADCC double gold run and uh, how it went down. Uh, I mean, that was one of the, you know, the best uh, performance I had. But I would say it is probably one of the times I trained the most in my life. You know, nothing comes easy. You know, I've trained like a madman to get into the to get fully ready for that tournament. I clearly remember, you know, like killing myself during training for like weeks and weeks before. And I've never really pushed myself because I knew, I mean, I mean, it's 2005. Okay, I've been a, a black belt for two years, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a black belt, I'm good, but it's like, that's the biggest no-gi tournament ever. And I never really trained no-gi. I fought 2003. It was the first time I ever started training no-gi in my life you know in Rio the only reason that we used to train uh, no gi when it was too hot to put the gi on in summer <laughs> but, you know they, so the, the no gi was not part of my uh, my, my training in my life but uh, you know 2003 came in I had opportunity to go and I fought I got third place and uh, so 2005 came in and I was like, you know, this is the biggest Nogi tournament in the world. You know, the best will be there. Like, I'm always in New York with hands on a lot of the time. I'm like, man, I'm in. I want to fight. And then uh, I did a qualify to, to do that because I didn't win 2003. They didn't want to invite me. So I nearly did not fight, you know, for like, for, I nearly, I wasn't going to compete because I'm like, ah, okay, man, I'm, you know, they're asking a, they invited a whole bunch of people. You know what? I'm not going to go for the qualified. Anyway, I decided to go. I went in. I qualified. I finished every one in uh, December the year before. And then the next year, you know, 2003, like, boom, that's it. And then I knew, every, you know, all the fighters were going to be there. And it's tough. man. no gi is harder. It's much harder than a gi because it's uh, very slippery. Uh, power and speed counts a lot. It's a less technical game. You know, gi, you need to be more technical. No gi, you don't have much. You know, speed and power counts a lot. Uh, so I was like, man, I need to be ready. The best, of, the best of the best are there. I was in New York. I went to 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 stay with uh, with my cousin Hans in New York for, you know, over over two months before, and I was just there, just training every day, twice a day, like killing, killing. I used to to drive maybe three hours a day or four hours, you know, training sessions. I was staying at Hanzo's house, like driving to Manhattan every day, either alone or with Hanzo. I was doing condition with Martin Rooney. Same thing, an hour away, there and back, one hour there, one hour back. I was easily driving like four hours a day. But I was like, every training session, I was so motivated. I was like giving my best, the best I could in every training session, 
every single one. You know, we train in wrestling the city. I'm pushing every training session. I'm exhausted. You know, I don't I don't remember ever training hard that much. And uh, but I was like super confident. I was like I was training. You know, of course I was training to win. But in my mind, I'm like winning is not enough. You know, I'm like I need to finish everyone. So I'm like you know people will ask me, and I'm like man, I'm gonna finish them all. There's no question. Roger, you're not, you're not really enough. someone that uh, takes many bron- bronzes in your career at all. Did that 2003 performance motivate you to, to put in this extra energy uh, to go for 2005? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I lost to John Olav, uh, a Norwegian guy, very tall, uh, very weird uh, jiu-jitsu, but very good. We fought again in 2007. We did a super fight uh, ADCC. I beat him by points, but... I lost to him at the semifinal, and that was the first time I ever underestimated my opponent, and it cost me the fight, you know. I was fighting him, and, you know, who was John Olav? In my mind, I'm like, there's no one. He's a tough guy that, you know, is easy at fighting, but he's not really anyone that I have to really worry about it. So semifinal, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, get too tired in this fight. Final is still coming. It's 20 minutes. is a long time. And then, uh, you know, ABCC rules. First five, we fought 10 minutes. First five, no points. After five, points. My mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go easy in the first five minutes. I'm going to save energy. And then I'm going to start fighting after five. And then after, you know, when the points are on, I'll take him. So, uh you know, I, I underestimated him. I, I, started, you know, I went to fight him thinking I, I'm going to win. You know, I'm, you know, my mistake. And then, you know, suddenly before five minutes on, he's in my back. You know, he went for the takedown. I'm like, okay, take me down. And then he take me down past my guard. And then I'm like, hmm, that's not a good position to be. <laughs> I need to get out. Then I'm just trying to push myself out of the way. And then, boom, he has my back with the body triangle on. I'm like, man, this is not good. Anyway, I lost the fight, and then uh, first time I ever underestimated someone, but it doesn't matter. I lost. And then when I went to 2005, and then it's like, okay, there's like big names in here, like, you know, <coughs> I need to be ready. So I train like a madman. I train like a madman. I don't think anyone in that tournament trained as much as me, for sure. If they did, they trained equally, because I couldn't do more. I'm like pushing every single session. So when I went there, like, you know, even though that I was able to submit all my opponents, but uh, I had many hard fights, you know, like a lot of my fights went overtime, you know, and uh, I went the, the final when I fought uh, Kakareko in the final of my way you know, on the Sunday. So I did three fights in the, my weight division. Uh, then I, you know, Sunday, first fight of the day, Kakareko. You know, we fought for 30 minutes, first fight of the day, before absolute, before anything. My warm-up was Kakareko, 30, 40, uh, 30 minutes. And we pushed him. It was like a, it was a draw. The draw, he, he can't do anything. He almost passed my guard once I turn, and I'm, you know, he's blocking all my moves. I can't do anything. So, but I'm pushing, so the fight is physically, you know, we're going. And we fought 20 minutes, overtime, 10 minutes. And, but, you know, then he's starting to get tired. And I remember when the 30 minutes hit, the referee say, stop, you know, back to your corner for 20 seconds. And then we got to go 10 minutes more. And I went back to my corner and I'm tired. You know, I'm over 30 minutes firing. It's not easy. 
I'm tired. I'm feeling tired, but mentally I'm like, I'm on. You know, there's no giving. Regardless of how tired I am, we are, we're fighting. Let's go back. And then I looked. Hansel looked too. He was the first one to, to see. Hansel was like, he's going to give up. He's going to give up. I looked at his corner. There's like people in front of me or people in front of him. And all I could see, his head shaking. He's shaking his head and his hand is doing this. And Hansel turns to me and says, Roger, stand up and shout. I'm like, what? He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stand up, go to the middle of the mat and start shouting. He's going to give up. But I mean, I'm, I, I, I stood up, I went to the middle of the mat, but I didn't shout. <laughs> I was just there, you know, shaking myself, ready to go. And then he gave up. He, saw, he said, I'm, I can't go back. I'm too tired. So, you know, that was the first verbal tap. It was my first match of the day on Sunday, 30 minutes, full on. I guess a super strong guy. And then I, that was my warm up for the, for the open. And, uh, so the open was pretty crazy. If you look at who you, uh, who'd you beat, you beat Verdum in the quarterfinals. Uh, no, Shandy, you, I fought Shandy too. Shan, Shanji in the semifinals, and then yeah. Jacare. I fought, uh, I, yeah, I fought uh, Yuki Kondo. No, you Kondo, no. Shinya uh, Yuki. Shinya Yuki, first fight. Yeah. Shinya Yuki. Yeah, and then I fought uh, Verdun or Shandy, one of the two. And I fought one and then the other right after. And then Jacare in the end, four fights. Got on the back of everybody, hit the, the RNC, the Monteleone on everybody. Uh, your last your last match before this ADCC was that Jacare match uh, from the Tijuca Tennis Club, was it? Or no, no, you fought him at Euros, I think it's it. No, okay. Yeah. No, you fought, fought you fought him I in fought the last match. You fought him at Euros in the last match before this. Yeah. Uh, but did that sort of did that did going back and getting him in an absolute like that at uh, ADCC in a major absolute he had beat you in the world's absolute final of the year before did that feel like you know sort of like revenge for him getting you the year before and but then you go and you finish him in ADCC? Uh, it it did, but I think more than the feeling of beating him, it's the feeling that you know what I just achieved in uh, in general in that tournament. I think you know him. Was, he was just a part of it, of the whole thing. You know, when I when I finished it, uh, the, the, my fight with him, it wasn't that I got my revenge again. My focus was never him. You know, my is this the whole tournament? You know, is this not to lose? Is to win against everyone? And he was the last fight. I fought my weight the day before. I, you know, I find off my weight, and then the whole of the absolute. A lot of the time, a lot of the fights in the absolute went over time. You know, I fought Shande, went over time. I fought Verdun, I think we went over time. So all my fights were very long. So I remember walking to the final. I'm, I'm feeling very tired physically before fighting Jacare. You know, before the fight, and I'm, I'm laying down in the, in the back, in the warm-up area. You know, my, my body is very tired. And, uh, you know, the, I think the most uh, the thing that, that fulfilled me in that tournament was my mental, uh, that, you know, my mental focus. Regardless of how tired I was in any fight, you know, I, I never doubt myself. You know, I remember walking to that fight. I was very tired physically. I was like my body, you know, after the, the, the tournament, I was never so sore in my whole life. I, my body was sore. My muscles were sore for a whole week. I'm, you know, I've never felt like that. So physically, it was very hard, you know, pushing every single fight. It went over time. And, it's, you know, trying to take bigger guys down is hard, man. Fight, you know, that tournament, it drained me in, in, the, in the end. So I'm tired, you know, walking. 
I remember walking to the final. My, my, my body physically, I felt very tired, my muscles. But my mind, it was like, let's go, you know. I think, you know, I was so proud of myself in that tournament because my mind, it, it pushed me to my limit. It got me to the limit. You know, I trained as hard as I could. I was very fit. And I went to my limit, my very, very end. And, and I, never, I never had any questions about myself you know, in, in any fight. You know, I fought Jacare in the final. I went for a guillotine. You know, I, had, I was training that. You know, my guillotine was working really well. I was standing. I got the guillotine, and I'm not like, it's on. I'm going to finish. I pulled guard, and he escaped. And uh, ADCC in the finals, when you pull guard, you got minus point. You cannot pull guard. So I gave him one point. I got minus. He's ahead of me. And he stayed ahead of me till 18 minutes. I mean, I'm losing. I know after I don't remember when. It was like five minutes that the fight was on. I pulled guillotine. I'm, I'm losing. I'm like, man, I'm looking at the clock. It's like 18 minutes. Now it's two minutes to go. I, I can't believe I'm going to, this is happening. And, but I'm, I'm still pushing, you know. I'm like, my pace is still the same. I'm still going forward. And then I, you know, I, I try to take down his stand up and I'm holding his waist. I'm, you know, both standing up I'm grabbing his body. And then I did a move. I dropped him and I was able to, to, to get his back straight away. I got the body triangle. And when I got the body triangle, I'm like, finish. I'm, now I, I already won. I knew. When I locked the body triangle, it was like, I don't know, a minute to, to finish. I'm like, this is on. Even if he escape, he's not going to beat me now. You know, I got to give me three points. I don't know, four, three or four. I think uh, three points. I'm like, fight's on. And he stood up. You know, it was very uh, unusual the way that he ends. You know, he, he stood up. You know, he's looking at the referee, of course, he's trying to argue, he's shaking his uh, finger, saying, no, no, but, I mean, his point is on. I mean, on your back, the body triangle, ADCC rules, you do get the points. But if you lock the body triangle, right, IBJJF, you don't, but ADCC, you do. So we stood up, we look, and, I mean, he, he lost, you know, he kind of, he doesn't know what to do because he's not going to get out, even if he does, how's he going to score? And, uh, you know, I'm holding, I'm holding. And then I, I see, you know, he kind of, his head, I saw a little opening in my head. Boom. I put it on. And then I, he tapped, you know, he tapped fast. You know, he didn't see him struggling to do like crazy. When he was on, like, you know, he just tapped. And I think at that moment, I was like, you know, it wasn't the feeling of uh, revenge or of relief. Because uh, when we fought before, I think, the, you know, I, I beat him at the ears and, uh, before that was on a 2004 the arm you know when we fought in 2004 even though that he got the victory but i mean i did all i could i think i had i did a great fight you know in my mind i won the fight what else can i do i did enough to win and, and i should have i should be the winner but the referee did not you know he did not agree but in my mind, I won 2000, you know, when we fought 2004, even though that he got the victory. But I, I was, you know, I got the best out of it. I broke his arm. You know, I did everything I could. The referee did not uh, play, play by the rules. If he had, I would have been the, the, the winner. So I never, you know, I don't hold grudges. I'm like, okay. So that for me, I mean, it's, it's one point was good, you know, all, all, all those uh, times that I lost. That I think uh, the referee did a did a mistake, did a bad uh, 
did a bad call. It just made me train more. You know, it's like I can, you know, in my mind after when I fought Jacques Ryan in 2004, you know, the only thing that I thought about it was like, I need to get better. You know, I cannot win by points because, you know, looking back of my history, you know, all my competitions, every time there's a doubt, it goes to my opponent. Yeah. That's, you know, sort of, sort of my life. Every time <laughs> there's any, any doubt, there's any questions, I'm the loser. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything, they won't give me a point. So if there's any doubt, they'll give to my opponent. So I'm, I'm used to that, you know. So for me, I'm like, I need to get back. I can never leave in the referee hands. He cannot decide the fight. I cannot let the fight be decided by advantage or by points because I'm, I will be the loser. And when that happened, I was never the winner. I was always the loser. So in one point it was good because it just made me push more. I'm like, you know, when next time I fight Jack Correa, I need to finish him. So, the, you know, I'm not going to go to his arm. I need to focus on his neck. You know, he's a, he, people can be brave. He can decide not to break the arm. They cannot be brave in the neck because they go to sleep. There's no, <laughs> there's no, it's true. You know, there's no, you cannot, you cannot defend. You cannot be brave on your neck because you pass out. You can choose to break your arm, takes the pain and carry on fighting, but the neck you out. That's why I start focusing, you know, in the neck. You can see after that, you know, I start developing really strong uh, neck attack, you know, in the mouth. Suddenly I'm finishing people in the choke, not in the arm lock. Because I know I go to the arm, people have flexible joints or they don't tap. In the neck, you, you know, I grab the neck, you out. There's no doubt. You know, that made me develop, a, you know, a neck choke. Look what happened in a few years after that. You know, my, my chokes are much better than my locks, my, you know, my arm lock. You know, the arm lock, that I used to go in the close guard, I don't go anymore. Now I get people's back. You know, that's how I develop the attack. You know, my close guard, I bring people's arm across and I get the back because I don't want to attack the arm. You know, suddenly they escape. So it's, you know, it's no regret. It's, you know, this, uh, it is what it is. I think, you know, it's Jacare, he did whatever he thought was right on the one we fought 2005. You know, there's, there's no blaming him. He's right. I mean, if you have a broken arm, what are you going to do? You're going to try to fight? No, you have to. You can. You lose. You know, he was he was doing whatever he, he thought was uh, right to uh, to win. I don't blame I don't blame anyone. It doesn't matter. You know, because you know, if you don't interrupt him, he's going to talk to you tomorrow. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Every, right. you know, every, everything that happened in you my guys, previous fight. You gotta go from 2005 to 2007 to 2007. Dude, <laughs> talk something for God's sake. All right, so let's, let's move on to Braulio. Braulio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we haven't heard from you in a while, Braulio. So, Braulio, you were there in 2005. Uh, you, you, you lost first round. 2007, you did better. You, you took second. But 2009 was when you really got it done, and you showed up, and you got double gold. 2009, I mean, you tapped... Some major wins. Yeah. I mean, you tapped Galval. You tapped Marcelo Garcia, who you've tapped more than once in your career, which is pretty incredible. You tapped Lovato uh, with uh, your trademark move, the esteem a lot. Uh, maybe just uh, you can do the same thing that Hodger just did and, and walk us through your 2009 double gold and, and in the circumstances. Version. <laughs> in a shorter version. In a shorter all right. Brother so, was fighting on uh, his backyard. Look, <laughs> <laughs> he had um, the referees on his pocket. But that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. He finished everyone. So, <laughs> look, guys. So, um, like this story that uh, uh, Roger was talking about, like we, you know, he was 
as I said, I'm, a big, I'm his biggest fan, man. I, and then everything that he did always inspired me to do it. I came from a city back in Brazil that I was the very first to achieve something in the region. So I've always been very used to to break through my own limits, even if, when ne would never been done before. I have that mentality. When I see someone doing something, you know, that goes, come on, man. If I could go some, uh, through a jungle on the blind and be able to get out, imagine if I know someone already being there knowing what's going on. So it is possible. So I kind of uh, got really inspired for Roger's uh, journey. And in 2005, it was an amazing journey. It got to my mind. I, uh, I was part of the, the the training camp. I remember being there with him for a, for a few weeks in uh, 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 in New York, and I remember this journey one and a half back in you know, Martin Rooney, go to the academy, train. It's tough, but very motivating. Every every day was an, a bright day with a very nice uh, purpose of training hard as you can and do it as much as you can, so there's no regrets. So when he went there and won it all in 2005. I was so happy for him and emotional how he was, as he described. And um, I remember going back home, uh, to the room, and the first thing that I came to my mind was, man, how does Roger feels right now, this moment, having a shower by himself after all this, you know? Nobody ever gonna do something similar to that. You know, that was my, my mind, you know, the way that he did. And uh, you know, and then uh, in 2007, I managed to be invited to, in the last minute uh, on the both weight, and I, I managed to win the uh, went to the Shandy against Shandy the final, and we did the biggest, the best fight of the tournament, right? So that gave me my spot for the first time in 2009 to be for real. Okay, you're going to compete in 2009. So that was the first time that I actually practiced and trained hard for it, you know. And then when I, it's very similar style. You see, like he 2003. He wasn't really sure, and then suddenly he fought, and in 2009, the same, he got into it, 2005. And then, 2009 was my best year. You know, I, I was winning Pan Am's, uh, Europeans, waiting absolute to the Worlds, and then I was feeling in my best. And then I had all the mentality that I've been learning by being through with Roger, and you know, that mindset to compete, and to be able to push your limits, to do what it takes. And I remember, man, I took the same kind of advice and the same kind of experiences, and then I did my best. There's no other, there's no other human being that could have trained more than me on the 2009. That's for for real. It was incredible, and uh, I relate very much, very much the same things that Roger did went through in 2005. I, I was going through 2009. It, it's it's crazy how he when he repeats with his own words because we never spoke much this this month about exactly the specific details. But man, it was exactly how it was, man. My mind, let's go. And then I was submitting one after the other, you know, with, you know, big names, one after the other. And I remember the, uh, the, when I, I had fought, uh, I had beaten Marcelo Garcia. I thought Marcelo Garcia. And then I was in the semifinal. This after all the, the tournament, right? I was already being in the final with uh, Andre Galvão, submitting the Victor Triangle. It was amazing. Roger was there. Victor was there. We, it was amazing. And then I went to the to the. They didn't want to even put me on the on, on the absolute. And then last minute they said, "No, you go, you go." And then I I, I submit the first guy. The second one I submit Marcelo Garcia. Then I I was uh, drawn with, uh, with against Vini Magalhães. Before Vini Magalhães, I was upstairs on the acai store, putting acai packs on my on my uh, forearms. <laughs> my arms, I couldn't even do it. 
You know, it's the same. And as you know, it's, it's like your Olympics. It's like a marathon. You got to be ready. You cannot go there halfway. I remember as soon as I put that like two minutes and go, bro, Lewis, team, I said, for God's sake, let's go. And I went there, man. I went, okay, the same thing that was said, my body was broken, but at the same time, my mind said, let's get it on, you know? And I remember very clearly, Shandy got into, was already fighting on the second, on the, on the mat beside me, was the other uh, semifinal. It was Shandy versus Andre Galvão on the semifinal, you know? And then I already said, okay, cool. So, the next fight will be the win of them two. And then, man, I was talking with Vinny, and then I swept Vinny, and then he and then he turned up, and I, put my, I suplexed him, he turns, and then I jumped on his back, took his back, and I said, man, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to submit him, and I hear, and the winner is Shandy Ribeiro. So, whoa, 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 let's rest, let's rest, let's rest. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> When I when I heard that Shandy was already in the final on the other side, I said, "My goodness, no chance! You know what? I will keep the back. No chance that Vinny is gonna escape. You know, I'm gonna save my forearms because my forearms was really proper tight. You know, and then the fight was back to back all the time. And um, I, I finished uh, I finished the fight, and then there was the fight, uh, the super fight happening between. Uh, look how crazy thing goes." Uh, Robert Drysdale fighting against Jacare. Supposed to fight Robert Drysdale because he had won in 2007 the super fight against John Lott. And in our first training, right, between me and Roger, that very first training, in the very end, I went to do a double leg. He, he sprawled, he slept. The, 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 he, I don't know if he was already injured or if there was a slippery floor, and he twisted his knee. And that's why he pulled out of the ADCC 2009, right? Because he's supposed to fight uh, uh, Drysdale. Drysdale. Guess who they put instead? Jack Carrere. I said, oh, it's my chance. You know? Like later, I thought, that's my chance to prove myself that I can actually do it because I had fought Jack Carrere four times. And I lost four times. I don't even score one. I don't even had the opportunity to score one point against him. You know, so that was the time that I could kind of, you know what, man? Now I'm an adult. I have trained. I, I grown up. I, I improved in jujitsu. I feel like a real black belt now. I wanna. There's no opportunity. So when I fought the same fight, when when he won, I was, you know, I love Josh Dale, but I was really hoping that Jacker wins because I would like to fight him in 2011. So then I went to fight uh, Shandy and I went to the reverse triangle, stood up and it went down and um, I put so much pressure on his shoulder that he, he didn't want to tap at all. And then when, as soon as he came down to the floor, I did a reach, re-attack on on, to go for another triangle and then he dislocated the, 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 the shoulder or the, 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 the backs of, of the muscle. And then, I mean, I, I, it was like something... I did it. I cannot believe it. You know, like I tapped everyone and, and I was, my God, man, that's unbelievable. It's crazy. I went completely euphorically. And then I went to the hotel after, after all the interviews. And then I went to the shower, put the shower on. And I was, so that's how Roger felt after that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So tell me, how's it feel? How's it feel when you get to the shower after winning? 
it's a feel uh, it's, it feels like a when anything that you put on your mind that you focus 100% and you give your best and you give your all you could and you achieve is the reward that you feel is pretty much you know it's like man it feels amazing. It, 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 the only difference is that people, more people talk about it around you, but yourself uh, believe, like everything went like how, like I, I trained so hard, you know, I, I was doing all my way, uh, develop techniques and, and different ways to surprise people with the submissions, with the inverted triangles, with the steamer lock together, my brother, and things are working really well. Right? And, and when you put everything, when you plot everything and you go and achieve, that feeling for me was incredibly amazing. But not much different than when I won my first Panams in, in 1999. When I won for the first time ever in my life, I won my first fight in a blue belt in the IBJJF. During two years, I fought during four competitions and I lost in the very first fight in every single off during two years. So wow. I was all the time saying, man, that's going to be, you know, this time, this time, you know, I'm going to do everything, you know, how to make it. You know, I, I need to. And then I won the first time with my first fight. And then I went through to the final and I won. And then that medal I have, actually it's here i will show you guys later because it has so good feeling about that because that means that everything it, it is possible if you keep training hard if you do what you gotta do you know the same way that roger the more he trained he focused he taught, nobody could train more than him in 2005 he was the most prepared he was well the most well deserved to win that fight and he, he achieved it doesn't matter who would be there he would beat him you know and uh it shows that the persistence the perceiver the, the resilience and the, the 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 mindset, the focus, you know. And uh, on Monday, I, I I didn't feel great myself, you know. I felt a little bit empty because I, I focused too much. That was a good lesson for myself because I focused too much on the championship, on the uh, on the being the best, and then I became the best there. And that was like, man, there was no flaws. There's nothing else that I could do much better because I tapped everyone, you know, and topped all the finals. There was no close match. It was like, man, I just went through everyone. And I was like, damn, like, that, I, I had no plans for Monday. You know, <laughs> there's no plan. Okay, I need to improve this. I need to fix this. I need to work. No, no, no. It, it, I felt a little weird. You know, like the guy from La Bamba, when he goes through the success and the plane crashes. Man, I was scared to fly back home because I thought my, my purpose in life, that was it. I was going to play the phone. I, dude, I was so stressed to get to the plane that I lost my, my laptop on the security on the airport in Barcelona. Oh, no. That's how stressed I was. And I mean, I was like, man, please, please, just learn. Just, just learn. Just learn. Give just a little bit more celebration, you know. But then it was a good wake-up call. It was a wake-up call for myself to don't to, to try, instead of getting a, a, a finite mindset of, I want to get to the top. Once you get to the top, the only way is down, bro. You know? So that, 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 that's the first thing that I took my, my attention. And since then, I started diverting my, my, my goals of not becoming the best of the top, in jiu-jitsu, but to get something to be as, uh, to pass it on, to spread more, instead of just be me, me, me. You know, because after that, what do you do? You do win again, and what's what you do? What's the limit? What when is gonna stop? You know, I think that was a good, um, um, very good lesson for me 
for the how to focus on on thing that is that that's no the mountain would never end you know I'll focus on 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 give back focus on on the positive things that we learn from it and try to evolve become a better version of yourself in regardless of uh, any achievement that was one of the diversion that I did and then if you guys want to talk about later 2011 if you want to link I can link if not I'll let it uh, <laughs> talk about something do we have yeah. to fight against Dr. Elwood what's the conclusion of everything so you're talking about the 2011 year of Super Friday. that's something I really wanted to uh, pick your guys brain about because uh, you guys not many people have been in that situation where you've won the ADCC absolute now you're going to go on to the super fight we potentially have a really big super fight coming up in 2021 uh, a guy you guys have both fought Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan I wanted to hear your guys thoughts on that match what you guys think, just like uh, technically how they match up with each other? What do you, what do you guys think about that match? I think Gordon Ryan is going to win. You think you're, you're? Oh, you called it quick. You think Gordon Ryan's going to win, Roger? I think. I, I mean, fight is a fight. Galvão is a very tough opponent. When he fought his uh, last super fight against Preguiça, uh, he was in great shape. You know, I felt. You know, I think he was the best shape I've ever seen him. He was technically very good. His takedowns never looked so good, but uh, I think uh, you know if I want to bet my money on, uh, you know Galvon, the only chance of, of, of that he has of winning is avoiding uh, uh, Gordon's attacks. You know he cannot uh, uh, outpace him technically. He's not gonna you know submit him. He's not gonna. Uh, technically, it will be difficult for him. I think the advantage is on uh, Gordon. It's a size, strength. Strength, maybe no, because Galvão, <laughs> he looks quite jacked on, the, <laughs> on his uh, <laughs> when he fought, I have to say. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to you know match power, they will be probably equal. But uh, uh, Gordon, he's a, he's a bigger guy, you know. Galvão, he can be very powerful, but he's smaller. He's... Uh, he has, you know, you, I think uh, Gordon's going to win for sure. What do you think, Braulio? Not for sure, but I'll bet my money on Gordon. <laughs> Man, what uh, what stands think, out about Gordon's game, Braulio? I think uh, uh, um, it's going to be a guy. Galvão retired, by the way, no? I think he said he's retired. No, he said he's going to do it last we talked to him. He said he's, oh, really? he, yeah, they did the face-off at ADCC, and then he said he's still considering it yeah. last we talked to him. What do you think, uh, Braulio? I hope yeah, so. I think... The only the only fact, factor that I see is just about the two biggest factor that I, I think it counts a lot. It counts on all my wins and all, all my losses as well. It, uh, it's about the how much you really wanted the hunger and age. You know, I think there's nobody more hungry than than Gordon at the moment, and um, he's young, he's strong, and he's very good in jiu-jitsu, and he's very unique game that a lot of people are not used to it. Uh, Galvão, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been there for forever. You know, I think he's the only one that won like four, five times or four super fights, I'm not, I'm not sure. And uh, he, you know, the age aspect changes a lot. When you are father, owner of a big association, you know, the responsibilities of the daily basis, you know, you'll be able to train even though you have all the support, all the people to train with it, but the mind, when you focus on only one thing, it, it's different when you focus on too many things. And I think those factors can be against Galvão, you know, the age, the hunger, and the diverted uh, of mindset, you know. So I think because of that point, I think you got, uh, 
Gordon would have the advantage, in my opinion, too. So, all right, so both of you guys going for Gordon. Uh, something I wanted to go to, uh, basically one of my favorite uh, moments in judicial history was, I mean, everyone basically thought Hodger was retired. And then all of a sudden you come back and you fight Puchacha at the uh, Gracie Pro. And uh, where was this at? It was in Rio? It was in Rio, I believe, yeah. It was in Rio? So uh, if you want to pull that, that asset up, Clay, we'll just play this thing and watch it, the three of us, and you can just walk us through, uh, Hodger, how this match ended up happening. What, what was the whole uh, situation behind this thing? Uh, so, you know, so I stopped really fighting Jiu-Jitsu in 2010. That was my last uh, world championship. So after that, I was like focusing on fighting MMA. So I wasn't, uh, I was trained with the gi, but not much, you know. So we fought in a couple of years before in a Metamores, 20 minutes match, no points. And uh, even though it was a draw, but I didn't feel I had a great performance, you know. Yeah, I mean, giving not not to give an excuse, but uh, a couple of weeks before, I got a really bad uh, staff infection on my uh, on my ribs, and even though you know, even training for their fight, I've never felt so bad technically. You know, with my training partners getting ready, you know, weeks before training for the Mitchell Morris fight that we had, you know, they much tougher than they always been. You know, I'm having a hard time fighting them, so I I didn't feel good. Yeah, in the, in that fight, and the little conditioning I got, I lost when I got the staff. So I got tired very fast. It wasn't a great fight, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. And you know, when I was closing to 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 you know to stop competing, I knew I'm like you know he's gonna pass me in in, in the words, in titles, and he nearly finished me on my last fight. So I'm like you know. And uh, mentally, I'm like, look, he, you know, this, they, he's can be compared better than I, even though that I, you know, I think I'm better than him. But because, you know, he almost finished him with four meter Morris, he's going to have more water than I. I'm like, I need to beat him before I stop because I cannot let, you know, everything I, I, I train for, you know, to, to be the best. Suddenly someone is going to be considered better than me. Because when we fought last time, in the end of the fight, he got the best out of it. So that's what everyone remember, which he did. You know, it was a, but it was a draw. And I'm like, you know, we have to to fight. So we, I agreed to fight uh, this uh, fight. It was 15 minutes, uh, but with points on. So IBGGF rules. So my uh, my strategy, you know, co- coming into that fight was the first five minutes. I'm going to play a very defensive game. Yeah, I'm going to let him try to attack. You know, maybe I was already accepting, you know, maybe he's going to take me down or he can maybe do a score on the beginning. I said, like, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to be uh, passive, you know. I'm going to play passive on the first five minutes because I'm going to start pushing after that. I want to f- I want to finish uh, well. So my strategy before was, you know, defensive. You can see the first five minutes. I didn't do any takedown attempts. You know, I didn't attack. I was uh, just uh, defending myself and letting him attack. That was, you know, I want him to get tired. And uh, on the, the standout, the standard point of view, his uh, his strongest uh, game on the standup is shooting for the legs. You know, any other takedown attempts, he's not very uh, good. I knew. I see. I just need to protect my legs. So, you know, he got very clear what he was uh, trying to do. He didn't uh, 
you know, was uh, not easy, of course. You could still uh, take me down, but I just focusing on defending the legs. So because I wasn't attacking, so I, I didn't expose myself. Maybe if I, had, if I had tried to attack him, to take him down in some way, I would have exposed myself more for his attacks. But I didn't, so I'm just defending. I knew he wants to, to grab my left leg. So you can see most of the, the, the stand-up, I keep the left back, the left back, you know, and I'm trying to use my grips to, to, you know, to, to block the, the, the attacks. And I think I frustrated him on the, on the stand-up because, you know, he, he tried his best takedowns. And he wants to be on top, you know, he's a big guy than me. He was bigger and stronger. He wants to be on top. He didn't want to pull guard. He know I, have, I was uh, considered a very good uh, guard uh, pass player. He didn't try any pull, you know, he didn't try pulling guard any time. He wants to be on top. I knew that. So I'm just defending. I'm trying to frustrate him, which he happened. You know, I could feel, you know, after a few minutes, you know, after a few attempts that he tried to take me down. And that when he failed, you know, you, you, you know, you suddenly see the energy, person's energy going down a little bit, you know, the way he moves. You know, you can see like he tried, you know, in everything he could, you know, but because I was, you know, on that uh, passive uh, first few minutes, I was like trying to play into his mind. You can see now, you know, I'm walking straight to the middle, and you know, and that's to show him that I'm ready. You know, I can see him clearly going around the mat. I could maybe you not know, turn my back and you know, trying to catch my breath. You know, but I was like, I'm going straight into the middle and be in a ready position to show him, you know, he needs to come in and fight. So that kind of plays into the person's mind a little bit. And uh, so there was a lot of uh, hand grip. And, you know, I remember in that fight, I don't know how many minutes it is now, I cannot see it, but, you know, with my five minutes, uh, strategy i remember looking at the clock once and I, I i saw five minutes and then okay now i'm gonna start being more aggressive and so straight away after the five minutes instead of just sitting you know waiting for him to come in and accepting him pushing me back or moving me around now i'm walking towards him so when the first five minutes are uh, when was the first five minutes go? It's about four and a half minutes in right now, so we're almost to the five minute mark. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you can see I'm not, I'm accepting him pushing me to the corner of the, of the mat. I accept him being pushed. I think there's going to be a moment now. He's going to quickly try to go for my legs because we're right in the edge of the mat. Yeah, you can see. You know, the referee stopped us straight away. We go back, and uh, there's a moment in the fight that you see suddenly I'm walking forward. Then you know I'm not just letting accepting him pushing me back. Yeah, I think it's uh, ten seconds to go five minutes. Yeah, yep, exactly. There's yeah, thirteen yeah, seconds. Yeah, you, yeah. You saw me. You know, I kind of looked, and now I'm like, okay, five minutes on. So I think from that moment, I'm I'm starting to go forward more. So you can see now I'm pushing, and the moment that I start pressing him, you can see him going back because he just tried to take me down a few times. You know, I'm sure he was his breath was already not normal but uh you know now i'm playing you know my, my head uh, defense to to reach you know you know you can see me grabbing his belt which i didn't do that before 
that it, you know it, it, it tells me in, that I'm trying to play offensive game. You know, yeah. I, I make yeah. that grab to maybe try to take him down. But you know, I fell. I'm like I fell him big. You know, you can, when you fight someone, you can feel his size when you move around with him. It's always like you know I'm not gonna really trying to take him down because that's gonna that's gonna I have to use a big effort to take him down. You know, him being you know that big, not that big, but maybe you know slightly over 10 kilos over me and right here you get to a position you're really good from so yeah i did you know the i mean i prefer close guard but i you know when i pull guard i you know for him to avoid the close guard he kept his leg between my legs which is a position that i like so that but you know the first the mistake he did he know he's too much he's too far away from me so he allows me to just come up on my knees because it was too far if he kept if he kept my his body over mine, it would have been harder for me. So I now you know I'm trying to get the hooks in. So you saw the way I put the hooks in. He you know he, I think you, you you can pause the video. Just pa pause, pause there for pause a, it real quick, Caleb. For a, okay. uh, for a second. Yeah. You know if you look a like, few seconds before. Go back to before Bushish he gives a, the back, Caleb, if you don't mind. So he yeah. Can... So Bushish, you can right you here. can uh, yeah, you can pause right there. So I'm grabbing his arm. That's why he, he couldn't get off his knees. So when I swept in and push him back, you know, I'm constantly holding the arm. So he doesn't have the arm to put it on the floor. So he's falling. So when the moment that I go on top, he cannot fight against that. So naturally, he's on his knees. That sleeve grip right back. there. That sleeve grip on his yeah. left hand. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the, if the arm was free, he would put the hand on the floor and his body would come up straight away. If you want to... There yeah, so then I tried to put the hooks in. You can see I went off balance. I'm kind of falling forward. So now, you know, you can see he just stood up. You know, when he stood up, my both hooks in at the same time. You know, in a jiu-jitsu match, you don't see both hooks in at the same time. You see one and then afterward the other one. So when I got his back, he he was, I think he was completely lost at that, that, moment, that moment. When I got the hooks, the moment that I had the hooks in, one of my hands going straight into his neck. And at that moment, if someone is, on, is behind you, attacking your back, and if you, if you feel any threat into your neck, the first thing that they know, the first reaction that you should do, your hands need to come to defend the neck. I mean, forget the hook. The neck, you know, you don't want to get top, you know, about getting top or getting the points in, you know, of course is the, the top. So you want to, you should have blocked his neck, but his hands went to my leg. You know, he's kind of trying to pull my legs out of the way. At the same time, they are, I'm already holding his collar. That can, that you know, that clearly showed that he was, you know, he lost, you know, focus. He lost concentration in the fight. The moment that he he couldn't take me down, he got frustrated. I pull guard. Suddenly he see me sweeping him. So he, you know, in his mind, for sure, he not he couldn't take me down. He just got swept. I'm I'm trapping his arm. It's difficult for him to get out. And the first uh, the first movement that he does to get out, I get the both hooks in at the same time. Now it's almost panic. It's like I, I'm I'm losing. I'm lost. I mean, what do I do? Should I focus on the hook? Should I go on the neck? You know, in that indecision, you know, I'm, my hands just got deeper. It's definitely one of the wildest. Out, you know. Sorry, go ahead, Roger. Yeah, nothing. You know, he he just uh, he he just lost focus uh, on that fight. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was amazing. Maybe the best match breakdown we've had on here. That was really good. Thank you for that, Roger. It was nice, nice hearing inside your head too about your strategy and everything. Chase, you had a uh, yeah. fan question, I think. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of fan questions here, guys, but we're running out of time. So this one is is for Braulio, and uh, you can speak for you and your brother there. There's a question about the development of the Estima Lock. You know, it's a really, really powerful and dangerous submission that you guys created yourselves. Can you just talk a little bit about the the origins of it, how you discovered it, and refined the technique? Um, basically, uh, we uh, before the DCC, me and my brother, you know, and, and Roger, and everyone, we, we could be together training Lagarto, and then um, we always try to kind of uh, develop new things by learning scenarios that we happens on the on, on, during specific situations. So um, I remember my brother. He grabbed my foot in a funny way, and just hooked, and then he put the pressure. And then I thought, hold on a second, no, no, this that's a lot of potential there. You know, that was something Victor was already practicing somehow because he already been caught in a submission against Abihian. It was a very like a snappy submission footlock that we we never knew how to do it, and we started exploring. And then Victor started exploring. He got my foot a little funny, and I said, oh man, man that was a lot of tension there. You know. Stop, 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 but he had only one hand, you know? And then me, me uh, we, we start sharing, and then I said, Victor, how about if you put a, use the body, the real naked on it? That could be a thing. And then he did, and it was very powerful, you know? And uh, and then we put, for the first time, kind of, uh, uh, you know, me and Victor, we, we, we kind of, he started doing the the movement. He he he, he tried to explore, and I kind of uh, throw some knowledge of adjustment to become a little stronger. And then got to the point that uh, um, we went uh, when I went to the ADCC. I did the first time against uh, um, Lovato, and man, it was a proof that actually it really works. Nobody knew what's going on, and uh, Victor became a master of it. You know, he snapped a lot of foot <laughs> than me. And uh, yeah, man, I, I think I don't, I don't don't take credit. I think it was you know he got a, 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 the idea of trying something new. You know, we we shared the the, the knowledge and make it better. You know, I, I really don't say who was it. I think we both did together somehow. <laughs> All right, uh, something that we're gonna start doing uh, the first time that we did it. Uh was yesterday when Lucas Lepre asked the question for uh, Roger about the uh, arm lock. We're going to have the guests from today ask a question for uh, the guest tomorrow. So uh, tomorrow we have uh, Muhammad Ali come on. If any of you guys has a, a question you would like to give Muhammad Ali for us to, to ask him tomorrow, and then we'll pass it on. Uh, Maybe, Bradley, you got something? Well, uh, Muhammad Ali, I'm going to ask a question. Let me see. Um it has to be jiu-jitsu related. No, ask about anything. Yeah, now, I'm interested to hear your non-jiu-jitsu related <laughs> question for him. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, like uh, what is uh, what was his uh, his most achievable uh, f- uh, competition and what is his uh, dream to achieve in competition. So his like no, the, is that is that the title that he, he he craves the most? Okay. What was the what he you know what he what was the most flavored the, the one the most like tasty victory that he had, 
and it's what he craves now. What's the the title that he wants to focus on for his career? Man, that's that's a great, that's a great that's one, a great Love question. It. All right, so we have about three minutes left. I'll give you guys both about a minute and a half to just say a little message to your fans or whatever before we go. Uh, maybe Hadri, you want to go first? Okay, so uh, I'll see you next time, guys. Love to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> No, I'll be quick. Talks, just okay, you know, <laughs> just right. saying uh, hello to everyone. I mean, it's uh, we live in a crazy times now. Everyone is quarantined. You know, I haven't trained for almost a month now. I'm going crazy. So those that are in uh, quarantine, they're probably feeling just as crazy as me. They're not training. Just you know, hang on, and uh, you will pass. You will. Uh, you will go by. All right, Braulio. Yeah, man. I'd like to say first of all, thank you very much for for the opportunity. It was really good to be here. You know, listen to to all the stories, bringing back all the amazing memories. You know, and uh, using uh, I like to use those kind of times to talk about the past, kind of reflect to realize where we, why we got where we are right now, and um, you know, this is a way as well that you could use on those moments that of hardship or hard times to to reflect about things that uh, brought us where we are today. You know, I would like to send this message because I think sometimes we, we can blame so many things. We can kind of, uh, when we are busy, there is no time for nothing. We'd say that we cannot do something because there's no time to do. So now we have so much time to do. So maybe focus on that. You know, if it's a call to our friends, if I call to your mom, or if I spend a little bit more time playing with your with your son or, or whatever, you know, I can use this time to reflect. And as Roger said, everything will pass as long as you focus on the positive and try to take something the best out of it. Everything in the world that's the good and bad, and even the bad times, there's something positive out of it. So let's focus on that and develop something as a learning process for when we come back, come back better than we left. All right, guys, thanks so much for calling in. I know it's, what, almost 2 a.m. there in England. Thanks, thanks so much for staying up late with us. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it. Great message Bye. to end on. Had a, had a blast talk with you guys. And for our fans at home, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of Who's Number One with Muhammad Ali. That'll be on at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you guys yeah. there. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks.